Welcome back, Thrivers. Today we have Alejandro Varas. He's a good friend of mine. And he is here today to make you be afraid of the internet. He's going to tell you all the horrible things that could happen to you if you don't manage your passwords very well, if you're not mindful of what applications you download. If you start taking pictures in this face app and then and you love looking like an old person or something like I do, uh, you may get your identity robbed of yourself. And he's here to warn you of it. He's also going to tell you a lot about hard work. And we, we really go deep in stoicism and existential philosophy and, and how to do better and become the best version of yourself. It's actually a very beautiful conversation, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Enjoy. It's the Christian Beer Show. Let's go. Welcome. Thank you, Alejandro, for joining Thrive today. It, we were just talking on how it's been like 10 years since we last saw each other. I remember that I saw you on a mall. That's the last time I saw you. I, 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 I forget what exactly was happening on that mall. I think that I was eating something and you were like... What's that? I, I, I can't remember that time. Maybe I remember it. I saw you, but I can't remember the, the place, the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember it either, but I remember it was in a mall and we had a conversation. That's it. That's all I remember about it. Um, wow. Yeah. It's been a decade, man. We're getting old. Wow. Yeah, we're getting really old. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I... have everything over there. You know, it's not too bad. I'm excited that next week uh, New York will allow 25% uh, indoor restaurant capacity which is very nice because that means that we I, we will not be eating on the streets like we are right now okay. which like it's actually quite nice to be honest i really like eating out it's kind of like beautiful in the summer and, and the beginning of the fall and it's more euro i i love european style of just going out to the street walking and just sitting outside a bar, grabbing a beer, then going to the next one. And that's something that the U.S. doesn't have too much, unless you go to New Orleans. Unless you go to New Orleans. That's the only place where you can actually do it. But, and, and, and you can still not do it technically here in New York, but what you can do is sit down outside the bar and grab an appetizer, grab a drink or something and hang out and then move to another bar if that, if, or another restaurant if that's something that you want to do. So I have, in, in some ways, I have kind of enjoyed the outdoors activities here. What about you? Well, I, I, the last thing I remember I did in New York, the, the last time I went, which was like around six or seven years, is well, I, the only thing I remember people doing outdoors or, or in the streets was making lines to get into restaurants. So maybe this is going to change with the occupancy allowed right now, right? You know, they still do that. And I bet, I bet. <laughs> I think it's fashionable for you guys in New York to make line because this, the place has to be so great and hot or fashionable because we're making line. I don't know if, if, if it's a fashion sense or it's really that good. 
you know, I wish it was a fashion thing because if it was, I would just go to the unfashionable place because <laughs> I, I hate doing lines. I think it's just, there's so much people. There's just so oh, okay. much people. And some restaurants, you don't necessarily do line. I mean, it really, I mean, pre-COVID we're talking about. So pre-COVID, if you go to a restaurant on a Monday or a Tuesday and, and it's not necessarily happy hour, you will not need to make line unless it's, it's a very fancy restaurant. But if it's like Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, everything's going to be packed. There's no way. Even now, like last weekend, I was out and I wanted to go to a restaurant that didn't take reservations. So it was first come, first serve. And, and it, the, the weather was good. So everything was packed. Absolutely everything here. I'm, I'm in the Upper East Side of New York and everything in the Upper East Side was completely, completely packed. So yeah, I don't think wow. it's a fashion statement to, to do a line. In fact, you can actually hire people to do the line for you and what really yeah, yeah that's something that you can do oh. now restaurants what they do too is that you just go there and they take your name they take your phone number and they just shoot you a text when they're ready for you so you don't really have to be there so a lot of what you, you could do is just like go to the place that you want to eat let's say and and you leave your name there for whenever they're ready and then find some like and then hopefully you'll find another place that isn't too packed where you can stay for a, maybe a couple of hours having a couple of drinks and then go have dinner so that's something that you also could do pre-covid what about ecuador oh well ecuador uh still Still in the third world culturally, but economically making us spend like we were living in the first world. So things are like, we, it shouldn't be anyway. <laughs> you know, I saw you, uh, it, it, this, this was maybe a, a little bit ago, where you started talking about IT privacy. And then there was some scandal that happened in the country. And then you were interviewed throughout the country because you, you like knew that this was happening what what exactly happened? Oh, okay, yeah. Actually, it was around uh, June last year. I I I just decided to 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 upload uh, uh, an IGTV video where I was talking about the dangers of uh, well, not not the dangers, but how you should be careful when you use some type of uh, apps like FaceApp or even TikTok where you, you don't know how deep they can go with all the data they ask on, on the permissions uh, part of the installation. And it happened to be, a, it, it, it was just when FaceApp, this, this, this face swapping app was becoming popular again. And I just decided to make a video because I was listening to my family talking about it. Hey, it's so fun. Let me see how you look if you were a woman or let me see how you would look like if you were older. And I just started to wonder myself, what happens with all the data? Because people don't uh, people don't get that when you take a picture on one of those apps, uh, the app is taking a biometric uh, sample of your face. So I just said, what happens with that data? What happens with all that information you're providing voluntarily to an application that that you don't know where they're uh, they're uh, 
saving that information. Maybe they are saving it in a country where there are no data protection laws. I just made it. And uh, people, even uh, people that work on television saw that video and it, it, it went viral and people started talking about it. I just, in that week, I also <laughs> learned that people just downloaded the video and started to, to share it on, even on WhatsApp. You know that WhatsApp in Ecuador and Latin America is very popular. And it's, it was really funny because people say, hey, I saw you on WhatsApp. And I was like, that's not a medium per se, but good to know that people got uh, concerned about the subject. And uh, and then, and after that, I started to get a, like a lot of calls from media telling me, hey, would you like to come to an interview? Would you like to know more about this data protection thing? How, how does it work? So people doesn't know that you, you should protect your, your personal data uh, because people think that you just download an app and just use it without reading the terms and conditions and they don't know what happens afterwards. So I just said, why don't you read a little bit before you use things? And people said like, what, we have to read? No, let me know what you think. Like, okay, so it, was, it was fun, I was curious. Yeah, and you became a sort of the data privacy expert in Ecuador actually, right? You do have a background in technology and, and coding, is that correct? Yeah, I, actually I have a, a computer science, uh, it could be, it should be like, uh, like an undergraduate. I think it's the, 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 the proportion, I'm an engineer in computer science. I think it's an undergraduate according to the American uh, type of education and regarding university, right? And I know about it, but my, my specialty was always uh, technology applied to business. So I know what type of technology works on your business. If you need to sell online, I can tell you what type of technology you can acquire and, and deploy. But I think it's part of the experience and the practice in the, in, in the field that made me wonder what happens with all the data that you you collect and, and save and, 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 all the, and all the good things you can do by analyzing it, how your customer behaves, such like Amazon does, and that, that gives you like better recommendations of products you buy or, or based on the history of all your purchases. And I said, but what happens if somebody uses for the wrong reasons? And that's why I just asked to the public and people said, hey, you know about it. Actually, I'm, I was learning as I was going with it, but I ended up even in the, in the local Congress talking about the local data protection bill that hasn't been finished, but I helped draft it which was really crazy and curious because I never thought that I just a, a small video, it was under like five minutes, gave me such uh, such press and people now, even on social media ask me, hey, can I download this thing? Can I use this thing? It's like, let me check. Okay, let's go. It was really funny because I just did it. Like I told you before, just read the terms and see if you really need it. Yeah, but we don't want to read the terms. We want you to tell us what to do. <laughs> we want you to have the responsibility of our data privacy. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what people are, are, are concluding because uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I bet you know that uh, all these tech companies, big tech companies, actually the, the, uh, part of their, the, their business model depends on the, how many time we dedicate to the usage of these apps. That's how they, 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 can, they, they can tell they're profitable and how they can keep getting investment and, and, and money. And that's why they made, them, they, they made them so addictive, especially social media. 
and, and I think it, it, like like you said, I, my my little question was uh, even I, I was even talking about uh, mental health because people don't realize that if you spend so many time looking to to, to several screens all day probably you're going to go crazy one time and you don't know what is going to happen. And, and then after everything is wrong, it's like, what happened? What did I do? And maybe you should give yourself a break from everything, go back to nature for a while and go back again and, and check all the screens you want. But all it's super, it's super, super healthy to give yourself breaks from the, this screen attention that they have made us a custom or a habit, a bad habit. That's so true, man. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I was talking with the CIO of uh, Duke Hospital, and he told me one day that he, he went for a, to a conference uh, to a Google headquarters. And in Google headquarters, they, they kind of like are ahead of the curve in understanding your mental health technologically they are able to tell or at least somewhat predict how whether you're getting depressed based on geolocation data like if you're staying in your house too much uh, too much time if you just like staying there i don't know if they use other data like purchasing history i'm assuming that if you're like buying a lot of like like just bad food you know? yeah i come from food yeah probably a lot of chocolate a lot of ice exactly so probably they, they do probably yeah and then what they do is that when they know that you're depressed they start targeting ads to you regarding like mental health therapies like maybe you want to like are you depressed today maybe you want to click here da, 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 da. which is on the on one side nice that they're able to send that kind of information to you if you're feeling that way on the other side it's kind of creepy that they know you so well and then on the other side I wish as a psychiatrist that I would be able to access this data for my patients so that I can like help them to not get depressed before they get depressed, right? Like it, the, the use of yeah. big data can be so helpful and, a and, and in the wrong hands, as you say, so dangerous. Uh, actually, actually, uh, I'm glad you see it that way because I think uh, we should learn also to see the bright side of all these big data, big, big data, and uh, all this technology that's part of our lifestyle right now. Look how uh, the I, the Apple Watch uh, can help you determine if you're having like uh, cardiac problems or being now COVID uh, symptoms, and how the, the, this this Siri, I think it is. Can can help you get uh, medical assistance without without even you knowing it. Maybe your your cardiac you ha you're having a cardiac arrest or something, and just the app goes and calls nine one one, and that's it. That's like the bright side of using technology for you, but the the wrong side is like like what you say. Maybe I I am a, I have an e-commerce, and I see your 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 purchasing history, and I see you're a depressed you're a depressive guy. I just keep encouraging you to keep that lifestyle instead of giving you an alternative because you're just in the rut and you don't want to see outside your, your, your little hole. So it, it's kind of tough. You know, have you seen this documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma? I just saw it and I think it's really, I think it's really accurate and I liked the part and I think it, it, it still has this, the, 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 a little bias on like a, a little political agenda behind the, all the, all the, the script. But I think the, the thing I, I like to rescue from that uh, documentary is 
the part of the ethics behind the usage of technology in business. Because fake news is a great business if you come to see it only by the numbers, only by the finance, but uh, it's not right, it's not correct. You can't just uh, lie to people so blatantly in with information that's not verified. You should have this code of, of honor, if the term is correct, just like uh, physician has it, like lawyers should have it. So I think even in technology, big companies, tech companies should have this code of honor, which they have an ethic, an ethical code they should respect. Even in robotics, they, they, they have it. Why not in big tech companies? So you're talking about, I, I think you were talking about fake news or were you talking about just like straight up uh, everything, 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 okay. Everything, I mean, because, because uh, just, like, uh, just like what's happening here in Ecuador, that people don't like to read terms and conditions, it means that any company just can uh, write uh, a text just for their protection and they don't mind, and they wouldn't mind if everybody just skipped that part and, and, and accept it without reading it, because it means that people don't care and they just uh, accepting that uh, me as a company, I can make any type of use of your information provide voluntarily by yourself. And I think, and I think we, should all, we should always review the, the ethics behind it because it's not bad if somebody trusts you so hard that, I, okay, I, I don't need to read the terms and conditions. I can trust you with my personal information. But what happens if people get greedy and they decide to exploit that, 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 that confidence that customers give you and just start doing things just like it happens with uh i think that, uh, that there's a lot of uh companies that sells uh smart watches they're starting to they're they're starting to sell the information the, the biometric information of their users to, to health and insurance companies it sounds if we if we try to look at it on the on the on the on the right side again it sounds like a noble thing hey i have information you can use so you can sell more uh, insurance plans and people can stay healthy but on the, on the flip side is, what the hell? Why are you selling information that I'm not uh, comfortable with selling it? It's my information. You just can't give me my data to anybody who has money. What happens if they're, if they're financing terrorists or what happens if they're financing other things and they just need a money laundering scheme so they just have to keep money? We, we have to conspire sometimes in, the, in that matter so we can see how, how honest and how real is, is, is the business model that's behind all the services we, we, we get. And maybe I'm just exaggerating, maybe I'm just cherry picking, right? But I think we sometimes with data, data protection, we need to, to, to suspect that, that, that much. You know, it's, it's funny what you were talking about, the, uh, the selling biometric data to insurance company. So in the US, there, uh -huh. there is a movement in terms of in uh, the the way that healthcare is provided and healthcare is paid for, it's not completely there yet. But uh, the, the North Carolina is a place where this has been somewhat piloted on, in which there's a they're trying to move the billing of healthcare instead of billing for procedure, they're trying to bill you for the amount of the the health that general population has. So if if you have a subset of people, let's say a community and they're overall healthy, let's say 70%, then the, the government will give a, a certain amount of money to, to the hospital system and the insurance company and, and this, well, or let's say the healthcare system and, and the healthcare system, as long as these people are healthy, they can keep that, uh, a certain 
the biggest uh, amount of money. If a lot of people are getting sick, then you have to use that money to take care of them. And then if you run out of money, then you t you, you're taking the risk of even like paying for this. So what this uh, produces as an outcome is that inevitably uh, hospitals will not want to charge you per procedure. They will want to do the minimum amount of procedure post necessary and at the same time keep you as healthy as possible. So inevitably the, the next outcome is instead of like trying to cure your disease while, while it's in the middle of it, preventative medicine becomes an important issue. And then in order to promote preventative medicine, then you want to address diet. You want to address yeah. exercise. And then how do you do that? Well, one strategy that some insurance companies in, 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 in combination with hospital systems are trying to do is say, hey, I'll give you an Apple Watch for free. And then you have these challenges that you have to commit to and complete over the next two or three months. And if you do, the Apple Watch is free. If you don't, if you don't finish your challenges, you have to pay for it. And then the, what, really what this is trying to do is promote health. And I think that's a great system. But then there's the flip side, as you were saying, right? Like uh, if I buy like a, like a, some, weird, some unusual brand uh, of a smartwatch and they're selling that data to like w uh, people that you, w you don't want it to have it or, or a, an even worse situation would be like, what if you buy your Apple Watch or what if you buy another sort of uh, biometric sensory data and then they sell it to your to, to potential insurance companies that you don't have and then they gather this data and then because of whatever, let's say your heart rate's like not that good, you have high blood pressure consistently, so they determine you to be high risk and then they say, well, you're a high-risk guy or a high-risk woman. So we're going to have to charge you a little bit more than the average individual, which could happen too. And, and, and that set us in, in, a, in a different kind of world that isn't necessarily something that they, an individual person would want. And I agree with you. We do have to conspire a little bit. I remember that face-up thing. And I, now I remember your, your video. I saw it too. I have like so many pictures of myself as an old guy. Like I, I love those pictures, but at the same time, yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe they have my biometric data. What if somebody tries to impersonate me? Like all these kinds of things could happen. And, 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 and things, and things are, get, are getting even darker in that matter because uh, there's, there's, all, there's even uh, big tech companies as small tech companies that are starting to to, to, to work on not only artificial intelligence and also on the on this deep faking which is that like you, you can take my face and put it on your face and do the same thing there's there's an app called reface that does that you, you can it grabs your pictures uh, from your face from the picture and replace it from like movie scenes or, or TV shows and uh, they're they're all they're already working on voice uh, faking so probably in the near future, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, identity theft uh, using all this technology about it. And, and, and it could be so far, so, 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 so deep down in, in the data, in the data uh, uh, 
grabbing or, or stealing or whatever uh, theft uh, uh, that, that, it, that it could go from like, okay, I'm gonna just make a copy of your face and your, and your voice so I can um, unlock maybe your bank account and maybe just steal or do biometrics and see what else I can do. Maybe I can make forgery out of it. Make it maybe I can do a lot of things. So we have to be like a little bit careful, just wonder, maybe this is possible, contemplate the possibility that might be happening and look for an, a, a safety or an alternative so we, so we can be protected by that because it's going to happen. And like you say, maybe we're in the same pool of, the, of, 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 of insurance uh, contract and we have like maybe the same, we're near the same age and we maybe have the same health conditions, but maybe my information is less valuable than yours and yours are, is higher on the black market and maybe you're the target and I'm not. And maybe we're going to be victims anyway because they're going to attack the same server or all our information is, is saved and we all get messed up. So that, 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 that's the creepy part. I don't like to think about it every day, but it might happen. It's so creepy, man. I, I didn't really think about that, but that's true. They could like, they could like a lot of they, people could just get into your Facebook and then like find up as long as they have your username and and of like whatever bank account that you use and then suddenly they can use your biometric data things could get real bad real quick for an individual and and that is yeah. creepy that is creepy yeah. You know, yeah and you know and you know what happens I, l l let's talk about uh like elementary or basic identity theft cases uh people just can't say you maybe i can make a call to a company and say i'm you hi i'm calling i'm christian and i'm doing i need to i don't know i maybe i may i, may, I need to make a big, a big withdrawal and they just trust me because i'm talking as seriously as you can be and that that's it. It, it it already happens or maybe i can just steal your credit card and make purchases on your credit card by at your name but all things are going to go to my house and that's it let's wonder what would happen if they just start to steal your face, your voice, your features and using it uh, digitally to access things that you shouldn't do. God damn. Like somebody could <laughs> call my, my family and they would be like, yeah, this yeah. that's scary, man. Exactly. They could face yeah. like, they could like, uh, I guess video call my family too with this like technology. Have you heard of uh, Benford's law? I think so. Can't remember what what stands for, but I think so. It's, it's this this weird thing, where apparently when when and I don't know it perfectly well, but it seems like it's this statistical principle of randomness, where there are some numbers that repeat themselves more than others in any type of situation. Let's say that you have a let's say you have an uh, you're, you're 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 an accountant and you have um all the numbers of all the things that you have sold and all the things that you have bought in one paper and that's going to go to your uh, balance sheet at, at the end of the year and number 1 is going to repeat most of the time like 30 around 30% then number 2 is going to be like 8% number 3 is going to be like 5% and this is consistent throughout nature and, and yeah, it's like such an unusual thing. But interestingly, in, in, the, in the way that for the, what you, we were talking about, uh, faking pictures or faking videos, there are some people that are trying to 
also determine whether a picture is faked or not. And what they have found is that, and this is like, it gets too technological for me, but what they have found is that the more that you uh, manipulate a file, so let's say I take a picture of you, and this okay. picture becomes a file, a JPEG file of some sorts, then that picture has like a, I don't know, I, they, I guess they couldn't read the ones and zeros, but there's a way in which they can determine the Benford law in that picture, in the, in, in the, in the distribution okay. of the data of that picture. And every time this. you modify that picture, the Benford ratio of numbers that appear in the data of that picture reduces itself to the point where you can tell, oh, this is a fake. It's actually a fake uh, picture or a fake video or whatever. Yeah, actually, actually, uh, files such as uh, pictures, maybe JPEGs or even GIFs, uh, it contains like metadata that we don't see it. Maybe with a right click, you can see all the properties, and there's some tags that you you can check them, so you can determine if this if it, it's the original file or maybe it's a copy or a derivative of the of the original of the original file. So you can make like a forensics analysis and see if it's a fake or not. And actually, I, 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 I have to check on the Benford's law because I can't remember. I've heard the name, but I, I, right now I can't remember it. But I think it has to do something with, with, regarding that because, for, for instance, in, uh, when we talk about information theft, it's like I'm not, I'm not like stealing your ID physically. I'm just taking like a photocopy or maybe a picture of your information and using it without your permission. So you still have your own, uh, your original uh, ID, but I'm, I have the information and all I need is the contents of your, of your plastic, right. printed plastic. And so, so that, 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 that's like the, it's so, uh, it's not tangible, it's ephemeral, but it still works. And it works for a, a main reason and it works for a, a, maybe it's a one target. I just need your, your, your files so I can pretend to be you so I can access only one surface and that's it. Or maybe I just need you to, so I can drain all your bank accounts and I can call your family as yourself and say, Hey, I hate you. And I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> and, and, and just let you ruined. Right. And, 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 but still we, luckily, even in the digital world, we still leave a footprint. So, so to speak, so we can check and track it and see where it all started. Actually, it happened in a, in a couple of months before, uh, like a local influencer here in, in Ecuador, he, he got into, a alleged sex scandal because uh, an old video sex sex tape uh, uh, leaked on, on social media oh, wow. and yeah and her lawyers uh decided to uh make the investigation and they realized that the the, the original video that it got leaked was already in even in more than 30 servers around the world and looking like famous uh, amateur porn sites and stuff so oh my maybe God. Yeah, and, and, and it, it's a hard thing to, to say. Let's not talk about like like the the, the delicacy of uh, she's a lady that was already in a new in a new relationship, and the other guy was already in a relationship, and they maybe got problems around. But let's talk about if I find the guy or the or the girl that did this leak and got a chance to delete this file, it's already copied in and thousands and, and thousands of computers around the world. So it's not only the crime, but the impact that the crime does after this information is used, is misused, used for like evil purposes. 
Yeah, man. Like we leave it. I think that you and I, like our generation was the last one to enjoy true privacy when we were children. You know, yeah. nowadays, every single little thing that you do that is taken uh, in some sort of media is permanent. I don't believe that you can get rid of it. I think it's absolutely permanent and you're stuck with it. And can you imagine how difficult it is to live that way? Like, when, like if you're 15, you're not think like you, your your brain's not fully developed. You're not thinking of all the implications of everything that could happen. But you, I guess that you you either don't think about it or you think about it so much that then you render yourself paralyzed. I think new data on on behavior. I I think th this comes from from the documentary that we're talking about, the social dilemma. Children nowadays take less risk than ever before. They don't want to drive cars. They don't want to do a lot of stuff that a normal child uh, from like 30 years ago would do because I think they are afraid of the potential digital repercussions of what would happen if they do a thing that is not appropriate. And, and that, that has increased the amount of suicidal behavior in children drastically i mean i i'm making assumptions here because i don't think that it's been proven that this is a cause and effect relationship between these two things there's a correlational effect only but it's it's something to think about for sure and then what about this other thing that they mentioned that was like super creepy that not only they know what you're doing and they target ads towards you depending on what you like and what your mood is but what about them inducing a mood to you through specific yeah. type of notifications in your phone what that's great <laughs> that's behavior modification right there it, it, it is it is crazy but it's possible because remember that, that that's the evil part of advertising if you think about it uh let's remember that one of the forefathers of mother modern advertiser was a nephew of sigmund freud so there's a big influence of psychology in the in the in the science behind uh, uh, tradi uh, 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 traditional and now digital advertising. So what you say is actually possible, and I, I, I can I can blame fake news, for instance, for this behavior modification. And if we go to all these uh, underground forums, uh, such as well, let's talk about the mainstream forums like Reddit, uh, maybe 4chan, and all of the ones on the on the underground part of the internet. Uh, probably they're all they're, there's a lot of content uh, created just to make people feel so awful with themselves that they just go downward within their their, their souls, and that's why there's a lot of uh, relation. There, there's a, a correlation between uh, suicide rates and teenagers using the internet because. I think you remember how was you, how, how you were when you were a teenager. I remember when I was a teenager, I was like a little jerk trying to find myself, my identity. And, and I know that I, 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 I've done and said a lot of stupid things, but as any teenager, we're, we're allowed to do that because if, if it is an opinion, it shouldn't hurt anybody, right? An opinion is not a fact. An opinion is not like something so blunt that it could hurt you just by hearing it. However, people take so seriously the use of social media and the use of internet, not only as a working tool or maybe a communication tool like we're doing right now, or even as a, 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 as a learning tool, it use it, they, they, they use it now for leisure, they use it now for any type of uh, entertainment, good and bad. And I think that hurts your, your psyche. I think uh, 
it doesn't matter if you, if, for instance, uh, I have a lot of friends that are, are really big fans of horror movies. And I think it's, it's okay. It's a good you know, film genre. I, I, I have my favorite horror movies, but I don't watch horror movies all day long because I know if I see a lot of gory images and, and think about death, and murder so uh, constantly probably is going to affect my psyche and, uh, and uh, one day i'm going to just start my car and I say hey it's a good thing it's a good day to murder somebody i don't think so <laughs> it shouldn't be the, the, the reaction right it's the same thing with the internet you sh we should learn how to detox ourselves from the internet because we are very far away from the from the the, the reason why certain burners lee decided to create this this protocol of communications it was it was made, it was conceived to transmit good information. It was conceived to transmit knowledge, to generate uh, communication between scientific persons. Yeah, he, he, it was just a hobby for, of him because he decided, hey, I think I can, I can improve our communication if I create this tool. And he made it while he was working at CERN, which is one of the biggest uh, scientific institutions, at least for me. And uh, of course, uh, the since the commercialization of the World Wide Web, obviously companies decided to take advantage of it, which is, which is okay because it's a tool and you can know how to use it. But unfortunately, just like a coin, there's one side and there's the other side. And the problem is a lot of kids unsupervised because unfortunately when you're a kid, at least you need a little bit of uh, support or have supportive parents that can tell you, hey, don't go that way. You can go to hell after that. Not in, not in a non-religious way, right? And I think that's the problem. It's just like those nasty episodes of, of Black Mirror. I bet you've seen that the show, yeah, right? I love that show. I love it too because it's like it's like the dystopia is so real because it could happen, and it already happens. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's what I'm afraid. People can don't realize that we are already living in a dystopia if we decided to live to be part of it. So that's the danger there. <sighs> yeah, man. So what are we gonna do? Uh, I don't know. I think for me, it, it, the, the 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 decision it should be it should be easy. Just be part of the bright side of the of the of of, of the battle, because actually I, w I was watching some videos about existentialism yesterday, just because it appeared on my recommendations on YouTube. Go figure why. <laughs> and actually, in, in the documentary, it says never click on the, the on the recommended videos, but actually. It, it, it has worked for me because I think I, I try to use it the right way. I try to balance my research, for instance, on YouTube from questions I have. What does that mean? Or how do I, I don't know, tutorials of how do I can make a bow tie for starters, right? Uh, and then I just go down that, that well and see how many information I can get that could work for me. And sometimes I'm between movie news, comic book news, uh, music, music news, and then philosophy, psychology, computer science, things that maybe I don't have a friend so far, so, so close or so near for, for a message. Hey, what do you think about this thing? And I just check it out on the web. And I was checking the, uh, the philosophy of Camus. And I loved it because he realized that the, the, his uh, point of view of uh, existentialism is, yeah, maybe we don't have a purpose. Maybe we are adrift, but it depends on us how we see things in, in how we take, how we make decisions in the world. Because he had a life, he had written books so 
it could be perceived as grim, but they were so good as, as a social criticism that I think that's the thing that we're lacking right now. We, we, we're lacking a, a, a proper criticism about ourselves and uh, about our society so we can make proper change. Maybe I'm having a bad habit. I'm starting to eat a lot of refined sugar every day. I know in the long term it's going to affect my health. But if I don't realize it right now and I don't start to recognize the how I'm starting to feel after I consume that type of food, maybe I'm not going to change uh, for good and the consequences are going to be bad when I'm older. And the same thing is with the, with the, with the information we consume. And it's not like let's ban or cancel like the culture that right now does it. Let's cancel bad information. No, we just have to learn how to decide. This is not good for me. Maybe it's good for somebody else, but not good for me. And I want to be part of this. I want to be part of the solution, not be part of the problem. You know, I think that part of what you're saying, and this is something that I'm all that I agree with, is okay. We live in a very different world now than whatever existed ten years ago, or even yeah, I don't know. And the the bad side of things is that it, it, you can be swept <coughs> by it and sucked into a downward spiral of negative emotions through it yeah you can you can your behavior can be modified in such a way that you become not exactly the person that you want to be uh, if you really start depending on this technology too much and on the bright side because of these forces around you all of us have on different levels, on a societal level, we, we should create some regulations. And, we, and, there, and on the institutional level, there should be some new ethical code. But on the individual level, like what can you do and what can I do, is really know ourselves, just as you were talking about. Know yourself. How do you feel when you watch a horror movie? I personally, the last horror movie that I watched, like strictly horror movie that I watched, I may have watched a couple horror movies after that, but the, the, the one time that I made the decision, okay, I'm done, is when I saw Paranormal Activity. And the reason for it is- The first one? The first one, yeah. Yeah. Could, it, it's good, right? Like it's- It's, it's, a, it's a good movie, yeah. Yeah. It's people are nasty, but the first one's really great. It freaked me out. I couldn't sleep for like a week. And then, <laughs> then, I, and then I realized, okay, can't be li living this way and why am i do the why am i doing this to myself voluntarily it's crazy i'm gonna stop watching horror movies and i did i think i watched one more that that was like a half a horror half a comedy just because it was nominated for an oscar but otherwise i don't and and i think it's the same way for every single other thing like I, in order to achieve like uh, in order to feel better about it yourself and have like just a better outlook on life you gotta tr you gotta know yourself to know what habits to take there are some habits that take you to negative emotions there are some habits that take you to positive emotion if you right. eat if you eat like shit what will happen is that your, your whole body will feel like more uh, laggy you'll be more lethargic you'll have less energy to do things. If you have less energy to do this, if you feel more lethargic, you're going to gravitate towards watching TV or doing some like 
things that stagnate you a little bit more than usual. So maybe taking a good tracking habit of what you eat is important. And you can use technology for that. I actually use my fitness ball and I put every single little thing that I eat in there. And then suddenly by doing that, I, I, I can track my calories and then I can understand why what type of food makes me more prone to gain or lose weight. And I can understand my the way my metabolism works a little bit better. I also... I also, I use a, a fitness tracker, a Garmin to check my uh, heart rate when I exercise so that I know whether I'm overtraining or undertraining or maintaining or just being lazy. Sometimes I like running. Sometimes when I run, I feel tired, but my, like, I feel like I can't handle it anymore. But then my heart rate's super fine. And I'm like, oh, I, I think that- doing it. Yeah, I think it, I can continue. And then suddenly, boop, I, I leave that mind state. So I realize right. that, that you can use technology to know yourself better. And you can also use, let it absorb you and take you to like a different horrible path for your life. I think that it, it adds pressure for self-knowledge. And, and although not, it's not the ideal well, way to, to deal with your knowing yourself, it's an attitude that you can take towards knowing yourself because knowing yourself, regardless on why you do it, it will always be for your betterment. Actually, actually, it's really important. And, and, and there's something I can't, I, I, I agree totally with what you said. And actually there's something that I just, um, well, it's not a, I've discovered while I've been talking to some friends, for instance, I know there's a lot of people that, like you said, they engage in bad habits because they just think it's a short-term reward or it's even pleasurable for them just by the moment. But they are afraid to take chances on things that are good on the long term for them. Something as simple as start starting to have like more physical activity by walking, just for giving a simple example. There's a lot of people that can walk because we all learn how to do it, except if you have some type of disability, of course. But if you are born with all your body able to walk and go a distance, maybe you can start walking a block and then you're gonna realize how good it does to your body and your brain, for instance. And I realized there's people that, no, I don't wanna do weights. And why don't you wanna, because it hurts afterwards, it's like, but it's a little bit of pain. If you, if you know how to do it well, it's a little bit of pain and it helps you to keep your mind sharp. And people say, no, I don't want to feel pain the next day. It's like, okay. And it's the same thing. I, I've learned that there's a lot of people here, for instance, and maybe in the US, it's going to be, be more, uh, that you tell them, have you ever, have you ever checked uh, giving yourself a test, a blood test to see if you had COVID, for instance? And people say, no, I'm afraid to needles. It's like, it's just a little prick you're going to feel for a few seconds, and it could it, it could change uh, your decisions afterwards. And say, no, I'm afraid of pain. It's like people are afraid of things because they can understand the, the full concept of it. I, I understand that people have always told us pain is bad, but when you decide to be painful for a little bit, and, and there's a reward afterwards, I'm not tell, I'm not t- telling you go into S and M or those all crazy shit like that. I'm telling I'm telling you. Just take a decision to, okay, let's lift a little bit of weight. Let's lift like five pounds each arm and let's do some bicep curls. That's it. 
your body is going to pump so many blood that your brain's going to say, hey, I'm doing something different. This is feeling great. Maybe and the next day you're going to feel sore. But maybe you're going to feel motivated to say, hey, I started to lift five pounds. What happens if next week I'm going to start lifting 10 pounds and see that you're able? You're just pushing yourself uh, to, gain, to, 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 to achieve like a little little targets that's going to make you feel like, okay, I can do more, I can do more, I can do more, like a, like a positive snowball effect. It's like you just let it go and see how big it becomes and you're going to transform yourself and decide to be more disciplined because it, it happens. I, I don't know who said it, but, and I don't know if you, if you guys in the U.S. have lived it, but like when you're in, in starting your 20s and in, in getting near your 30s, there's like phases, like when you're in your early 20s, like everything is party, eating junk food, uh, being hangover every day because it doesn't feel that bad. But when you're starting to live like 25, 26, you're starting to realize, okay, I can keep eating this, all this junk food. I can keep drinking every day. I can keep smoking weed every day, whatever. And then you're starting to develop a little bit of habits. And then sometimes you see, in, in, it's like in, 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 in like a social talk. Uh, do you remember, I don't know, John, he used to be such a party animal. Now he's a runner or now he's a crossfitter. Yeah. And people make fun of it. But for me, it's like that guy who's, who, who, who decided to get drunk every day. And maybe one day he just woke up, felt so hangover and said, this is not the way of life. And he decided to look for a different way. And now he's a better person. Thanks to that. It's like, he, he just, uh, touched rock bottom and said, no, this is not a way of living. Let's see something else. And then decided to be vegetarian or maybe improving his diet. However, and just engaging into new habits because they just realized they just can't keep hurting himself. Like be like, uh, and, 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 like quitting to all this pleasure, immediate pleasure and stop being this, uh, uh, addicted to pleasure, to dopamine, and starting to do things more constructive because they 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 just got a dream job, or they're just starting to develop a, a an ability that needed more concentration. So there's a lot of influence around you that helps you decide better. I've been in all those phases. I've been a runner. I've been a crossfitter. I've been a party animal as well. And I think I just decided how to balance it because if I had the chance tonight to go to a party, after all we have been living, of course I would I would go. But tomorrow I have to work. So I say, no, maybe I'll just wait for Friday and just suffer the hangover on Saturday. So, but, but, but that, that, that's the richness of being like self-conscious of all your decisions and all the consequences behind these decisions. Because people say, okay, what the hell? Let's just get smashed and see what happens tomorrow. It's also a decision. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it, I think that what you're, I agree with what you're saying. And I think it relates it relates to many psychosocial issues, but if we were to generalize, and I think I'm, and I'm sure I'm generalizing here, but for the sake of the argument, I think that what happens is that there's a degree of conformity. Um, if, mm -hmm. you as a, if you as an individual, you think that uh, the life that you have and the life that you're living at the moment is exactly what you want and you don't want anything better, which I would say, I would argue that the majority of people don't feel that way. Um, some people will say they, they do feel that way. And in the back of their, hair, their head, there is like an, an inconformity that it, you know, it's hard to accept that you don't like how things are in your life in the moment. Because the moment that you accept them, 
that you have two choices. You either take responsibility for it and you believe that you can make it better for yourself, or maybe you don't have that. Maybe you just are afraid to to feel like it's not it's not something that you can do. That maybe that's just the cards that you are dealt in life, and then there's there's no improvement. But in my opinion, there's always improvement possible, no matter who you are, no matter yeah. if you're the best in the NBA player in the world right now, or if you're just starting. No matter if you're in a very difficult situation in your in your family or psychological or social uh, uh, environment you can always pers- take responsibility for your life and improve it sometimes it's life is not as fair it, and, and there's a, a clear uh, stratification of levels of yeah. fairness in terms of and, and opportunities for people that's true and yet at the same time what's also true is that you have the opportunity to do better for yourself and the moment that you believe that and decide that you want to have a better life for yourself and take responsibility then you then you have the responsibility when you come into this realization then there, you have no other choice than to do something about it and what do you do i mean you can just it compounds you can do a little activity in one day just like you were saying let's just like walk a block and then the next time you walk two blocks the next time you walk three blocks and then exactly. you, and then you compound it and suddenly you find yourself running ultra marathons like yeah, actually actually and that, and that, and that's i think it's the fear that people have it and and I'll, we, i will go back to my example of the of the small prick in the arm for the blood sample it's like people are afraid of giving a little bit of effort because they think after that little that that little amount of effort they should give They should be with a six pack and bulging arms and able to run an ultra marathon just by one step. It's like no, it's a, it's a process. It's a long process. I, I just remembered a, a, a 50 cents on Go Figure Out Why. He 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 recites progress is a, is is a long process. But then he just started bragging because that's how hip hop is. But it's really funny because the 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 saying is right and like like you say like. And and that's and that's a really big discussion here in Latin America in general that people think that because guys like you and me, we we are born on South America. However, probably comparing ourselves to somebody else, maybe we are like way more successful, or even we are more of, of a failure. Compared, maybe I can compare myself to a millionaire from South America and say, hey, I'm a loser, mm-hmm. and somebody who probably comes from a slum or a project uh, is going to say, hey, that guy is a winner. I'm not going to be never like him. It's, it's all about the perspective and how you say, unfortunately, people disregard that the mindset is so important uh, because maybe people with no resources can find the tool, the proper tool, so they can develop this mindset. However, it's so uh, small that there's so small chances for really, really poor people to, 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 to succeed in a third world country for instance that they just live uh frustrated because they see how people are succeeding and they understand they are already being suffering and, and having their own pains because they only see the bright side it, it's just like all those uh cheap motivation books or quotes on social media say it's like this is the tip of the iceberg but you you, you, you should have seen me 10 years ago seeing what the hell i was going to do and, and people don't understand that the richness is in the process and not in the result The result, obviously, I want to gain my target. I want to gain my goal, but I have to learn through the process. And that's why a lot of people say, no, you're just, you're just a privileged guy. 
who had parents that paid their colleges or maybe they just sent you to the United States and you saw what to do. It's like they always try to make, or they always try to make the grass greener on the other side. It's like maybe you just work your ass out to be where you are, but people just say, but hey, you're just living in Europe, you're just having a great life. You're living in the state that had the highest death rate, as I can recall, of COVID. It's not that bright. It's not that wonderful, right? Yeah, and I was seeing patients every day uh, that with with COVID uh, in the hospitals. People were dying on the daily, and I was just going there to the rooms, talking, and I'm just like trying to help out, you know. And and you know, I I think that there are two parts to to what's going on. I think that privilege is a reality. I I mean the yes. work world is unfair and there are uh, like if you're white you're more privileged than than than, than if you're african-american or or if you have more money you have more privilege that, that there are some factors that make your life easier from the beginning that is true and what is also true is that every single person can't I mean, can, have, can choose to have the responsibility for their lives and do the best they can. And, 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 that, and I do believe that as long as that commitment is incredibly hard, the potential is far way beyond what one could imagine at the beginning. Now, yeah. I do think that as a community, we, we, we ought to try to even things out and help people that are doing worse to do better. I do think like I am like, I, I'm, I'm a kind of guy that I, I do believe that proper education and proper healthcare should be given to every single person because I, I don't think necessarily good education and, and good healthcare gives you ultimate uh, opportunities. I think that it, right. it, that really depends on mo like th there is a, a matter of privilege, right? Like there is a matter yeah. of, if you're born into the right place in the right time, you will have opportunities that others don't have. I think that's true. But I do, like, in, one of the reasons I came to the U.S. is because it's one of, I still think this to be true, even in 2020. It, it, may, be le it, it may have been more true in the 90s, and, and it may become even less true as time goes on. I was just seeing a, a documentary called Capital. Uh, I haven't, but I have, I've heard of it. Yeah, and, and they talk and they talk about how we're going from a, from opportunity to an aristocracy slowly back again because of the way that uh, the socioeconomic uh, the movement of capital is evolving. And I think there's some truth to that, but I don't think that we're fully there yet. And, and so I do still believe that in, here in the U.S., still most of the most of the billionaires in the US, uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's true, are, are first generation billionaires in this country, which means that they made it themselves. Right. And so I do believe that as long as you really focus on finding, getting the right skills, getting into the right mindset and have the right amount of execution, you could get to those levels yourself. Now, something that you have to consider as well is that if you want average results, you need to ha you will have you will you will get those with average behavior. And if you want to have exceptional results and exceptional outcomes in your life, you have to have exceptional behavior. 
you can be like scratching your belly like eight hours a day, right? Like you yeah. really have to figure out what to do extra. And, and I'm not saying just like blunt work. I'm saying like what smart work and what is a smart use of your time every hour of every day uh, in order to compound yourself a little bit more today. And then you do that every day for decades. It's almost inevitable that you will find exactly what you want and probably more. Actually, actually, I, I concur with you. And I think you just made me remember a book. It doesn't have too much to do with, with your argument, uh, but I think it has a little bit of connection because I think one of the main issues because our, our society, our global society, it is how it is, it's because of this obsession of making large cities and large communities that just made people just lost the horizon on the, on the, on the north. It might sound like maybe crazy. I hope some sociologist or anthropologist listens to this so I can be corrected if I'm wrong. But uh, I think that maybe we should go back for social structures to try to develop ourselves like in, 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 in the likes of tribes, but not like going back for all these primitive things, just only by the connection of cultures. Because there's, there, there's a moment where societies get so big that people within the society just lose their their, their purpose, their, their their north. And when they work on small communities, people are trying. They, they tend to behave a little bit more uh, with a mindset more clear and a purpose more more more, more sharp. And 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 you remember you made me remember a book written by uh, Tom G. Palmer that's called After the Welfare State because because you've been you've been talking about education and and, and healthcare. I think. If we were, uh, maybe, okay, let's talk about the United States, for instance. It's okay to be a big country with a big states, but maybe be, be under their federal law, maybe inside each state, there should be a, little, a, a smaller distribution of limits and competencies and capabilities so it could be more manageable. And that maybe a town hospital could be more than enough to take care of all the patients in, in, it, in it. And if somebody wants to go live in it, just be part of the of the of the healthcare system of that township, at, and that's it. And not in a big one, and that's why all the the money and all the resources become scarce in a bad way. Because I want to talk about scarcity in a good way as well. And and I think that's what that's that's what supposedly works correctly on Europe, for instance. Because for in, in Latin America, people tend to say, "Oh, all the Nordic countries are living in a socialist paradise." which is like a little bit of a fallacy because they just live a, a, a welfare state because they just work so hard for so many years that they just got the chance to accumulate a lot of uh, wealth so they can distribute it properly on social services for all the people that live there and all the immigrants that decided to become expats there. Now, that's a good way of uh, distributing uh, the wealth and so, so all the, all the left-wing people that listens to you feel represented, but it, 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 it's, it, it's possible because of the hard work of people who thought that creating capital, creating money was a good way to get things. But they didn't decide, let's make, I don't know, let's make Norway great or big. And, and they just started invading all the, all, the, all the nearby countries. They just said, hey, we're just starting in our limit. We are next to another country. Let's become friends and let's see if we can make commerce. That's it. 
actually commerce made us more peaceful. And my in in my example of the Nordic countries, maybe people can remember how in that territory centuries ago people used to pillage uh, the, their neighbors. So how 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 contradictory could be that all those countries came from savage cultures and now are one of the most uh, developed countries in the world. And now regarding scarcity, I think there's a sense of scarcity that people lack and they need to feel. And it's not the, the scarcity of, of, of material resource, resources or money, it's the, it's the need to see how much far they can go within their, with their goals. Yeah, that, 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 that hunger that sometimes, uh, even Steve Jobs, I remember he, he used to say on his speeches, and I, and, I, and I want to put Steve Jobs an example because he was an adopted kid from Syria. He got adopted by, uh, by the Jobs family. He, he, he became the genius that so many people love. And I, like you said, maybe he, he, he stayed in Syria and he decided to grow as a kid in Syria with his Syrian name. Probably we would have known him and probably, I bet you have an, a, a Mac computer right now. Uh, and a lot of people wouldn't be using the, his iPhone just because he just got uh, displaced to the United States and he grew up in a culture that was completely different from the, 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 the country where he was born. And the same thing with a lot of people. So maybe it's not only the, the privilege of being born or being transferred to another territory, it's about the conditions that surround you. Because Steve Jobs lived in California, I, I think, I can't remember right now his yeah. biography, but, but I bet there they, they was like the antithesis of Steve Jobs, who was the same a kid, the same age, who grew up with a drug addict father or maybe an alcoholic father that used to beat him up and he became a delinquent. And they were living in the same territory. Maybe it's not only the, the circumstances, but it's also, also the sense of scarcity that you need to develop by yourself and discover by yourself. As, just as the same as, hey, I, I'm starting to feel laggy because I'm eating junk food, is I need to feel more ambitious so I can find my true purpose and work for it. I think that's the, 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 the proper sense of scarcity people need. And that's why we are like surrounded in mediocrity. And I think that's the proper term because mediocrity is like it be conform, conform, conformity around, uh, 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 of all the things surrounding you, good or bad. I'm just comfortable with it. Yeah, you know, I, I generally use, uh, when I think of scarcity, uh, and, and I think you're talking about scarcity in terms of like, oh, you know, I am living a moment of scarcity and I can do more or I can do better and I need to figure out how. I think that's yeah. what you mean. Um, yeah. You know, I, you, t you talked about a lot of stuff and, and, and I agree with most of it. And what, when we speak about Scandinavia specifically, I, I'm part Danish and I lived in Denmark for a little bit and it, and it is a beautiful place to be. And, and you're right, right? They come from Vikings and, and they were like somewhat organized and they became better organized and then they became a, a, a social democracy of some sorts. And, but what, what you were talking about uh, this, like instead of having massively populated cities and doing like smaller s towns that, uh, and the fact that that may give you a better sense of community and then you work for each other more instead of like trying to just like get ahead for yourself only. And this like communal sense of let's work for each other can give to less corruption and more implementation of, 
shared resources and a better overall future. I think that's kind of what happened in Scandinavia. You're right. I think that um, they th- there is a very strong mindset in Scandinavia of let's work for each other. And it has worked in such a way that when you're a child over there, it's safe. It's generally safe. And when you, as you grow up, school is free and it's excellent quality. And, exactly. And then undergraduate is excellent quality. And then graduate is ex- excellent quality. And it's always free. It's not only free, but you get an allowance that you don't have to pay back throughout your studies. So I had friends that would study all the way until their 30s. <laughs> no problem because I'm getting an allowance. And they would have like uh, some jobs here and there. They would have no problem like bartending or working in a souvenir shop or doing these primary uh, essential uh, works that don't require a lot of uh, education because they were getting an allowance and they wanted some extra cash while they were studying. So then, and, and that's something, and, and, and that's something I, I, I find admirable because there, there's a lot of people, one back again in Latin America, that they just grow this sense of fake uh, pride that made them think that they just can be working, uh, uh, maybe studying an undergraduate or maybe a master's degree but waiting tables at the same time because it's uh, diminishing. And it's not, it's just an experience you need to develop if the opportunity is right for you. Absolutely, man. I cleaned floors, I was a bartender, and I worked in a souvenir shop. Um, I think that that, that, that those, Scandinavia has like a, a really nice lifestyle and, and a really nice uh, opportunity overall mindset. And, and yet, you also find in Scandinavia this sense of, and which is interesting, just so that we don't idealize a, any, any single thing, they do have a sense of rejection towards individuality, um, self, like excessive, they would call it, self-improvement. If you want to try to be a millionaire or if you want to do, like have your own company and do this one thing or the other, it, it is kind of frowned upon because it implies in the general community that you think you're better than the general community. And, and then the, the, the community doesn't, doesn't like what you're doing, which is, is an interesting thing. And yet um, that like uh, desire to, do be, to be the, become the best possible person that you can be, and I'm not speaking only in terms of money, okay? Like, I, like it doesn't matter if you want to become a millionaire, if you want to be the best, like, r- runner, uh, or, or if you just want to make, like, a, the best pancake in the world, or if you want to take care of your family and live, like, a beautiful life, loving your family. Like, whatever it is that your passion is, like, dedicating your focus and your attention to the best of your capacity, I think it's an inherent human quality. And... And, and I think that the great majority of us don't access that because of psychological barriers that occur because of social conditioning or family conditioning. Like, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like, that's not good. That's not good. Like, cockroaches, like, not letting you get out of the jars. Like, you're, like, trying to get out of the jar and somebody pulls you down. That kind of thing. I think it's very common in most societies. Right. Um, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the fable of the the the, the crab uh, pot? It's a very local. It's an Ecuadorian fable of some sorts. Okay. It's the it, it's the same thing. It's like uh, it goes something like 
it was like a pack of crabs uh, about to be boiled in a big pot. And what happened was uh, that one crab tried to escape the pot because the lid, it's not tight, it's just put on because the pressure needs to release some, some hot air. And the thing is that according to this fable, this folklore, folklore or local folklore, I'm sorry, says that this crab tried to escape the pot, but a crab from the, from the bottom of the pot just grabbed it and pulled it back into the bottom. And that's the bad part of being Ecuadorian according to this, to this story. And, and I think we could, we, we could transfer it to Latin America and the whole world because the, I, I, I think everybody has a naysayer once in a lifetime, in, in, in yeah. your life. Sometimes maybe you decided to say, hey, I want, I want to study this thing and now I want to be a chef or, or I want to be something else. And people are just going to mock you because, hey, why are you going to be something like that? And I, and I know because I have some friends that work in psychology that say, when people criticize you, sometimes they're projecting their own fears or their own complexes towards you. And that's, and that's why people become so, so, so contrary to all your dreams and ambitions, sometimes because they want to protect you from failure but sometimes that naysaying actually helps you to develop like maybe a motivation on the wrong terms, but helps you anyway to just, okay, I'm going to prove it to you that I can do it. And sometimes it's not a good, it's not a good thing, but it works. I think that uh, mo like a lot of the time, if somebody is getting actively angry at you because of you wanting to, to become a little bit more ambitious uh, about a certain project or whatever, most of the time there is a psychological, um, as you said, projection. So what happened is that every time that you get out of, of that pod, if, you, if we take your analogy of the crab, then, then what you're showing, you inevitably, this is not something that you're doing on purpose. And, this, right. and, and nobody, like everybody knows that you're not doing it on purpose, that every time that you try to distinguish yourself through extra work or extra uh, let's say if you're playing soccer and you come to practice like half an hour earlier or something because you want to be better. And, and this is a contest you have to yourself because you want to play better. Then it, what you inevitably show is that you're doing better. Like you're doing a little bit more than this other, than, uh, than other persons. And then this other person will get angry at this because they're, because of this, this feeling that they will have, like, who do, does he think he is? Does he think that he can do better than me? And you're not doing this on purpose, and they, they don't necessarily think in these terms, but this is where the emotional uh, issue is coming from. Like, whomever is angry does have a part of them that wants to do it themselves, but right. doesn't want to deal with that part of themselves and instead projects it to you via anger. And, and that's true. That's, that's never going to end. That's, it's, it's only going to get worse. It's only right, going to get right. worse. And, 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 and I think that's fine because then you develop a thicker skin and, and a, a narrower focus in terms of your ambition to continue to do the thing of what you do. Maybe at the beginning you, you can be um, swayed by these like little comments here and there, but then over time and after uh, after multiple encounters of this same type of behavior, then you realize, no, 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 I got to do my thing. And then you just don't, don't really even care. And then comes a point where, where, where these people come back and they are very happy that you made it, you know, and, and it's nice. Like, I think that 
it's just human nature. I think that I have been in both parts of this equation. There have been parts where I have been jealous and I'm like, oh, what the fuck does this person think they're doing? Like, you know, like right. I've, been there. I've been 100% like there. And then I have also learned that that's not good for me, being jealous. And then I have learned that the best way that I can do like in reality it is a sort of blessing to see somebody like exceeding at a, at a skill or a, or a, whatever it is that they're doing because then they give you an opportunity to to learn and to do better and what else in the world is is more exciting than having people around you that 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 are more successful than you that are more eloquent than you that are like more interpersonally uh, uh, uh acute that have better emotional intelligence than you because then you get to learn from them and become a better person yourself and what else are you going to do in this life if 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 it's not becoming a better person like if if you stay the same person you got to get bored for sure and then if you and or you can hide from this like like natural impulse by hiding yourself in drugs or like uh numbing yourself by watching too much television or eating a little bit more than usual or eating less than usual or getting into like toxic relationships. There are many ways to hide from this natural impulse to know yourself better and do better. Uh, and you can do that and that's okay. I mean, w- w- that, that's why we have free will. And, and, that, and, and I don't know. I think that the, the, the world's a beautiful place because there's so many variations of life, you know? And I, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist, so I know I, I love like watching them, right? Like, and, and I don't know. I think that I, 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 I'm having a great time talking with you right now. Like, I, re- I, I really think that we think quite similarly. We have similar okay. takes on on life, and 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 you're a pretty smart guy, and I'm really enjoying your points Thanks. of view. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I, actually, I, I wanted I wanted to say something about the last thing you said, and thank you for 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 this for your comments. Uh, actually, I appreciate it because it's really hard to have like a, a really wholesome conversation, and even if we we, we weren't disagreeing, I, I would be happy just to have a chance to talk about it. But that, that that's what people lack recently. And what I was going to tell you is, I think you just you just uh, exposed the two sides uh, once again of how to be competitive. Maybe because I've been on the same on the bad side of the competitive competitiveness, which means that like I see somebody who's trying to be or do something that maybe uh, uh, maybe unconsciously or maybe consciously I know I would like to do as well, and I just just mock him on scoff every time he tries to tell us all about his progress. But the other way of seeing it is that like that just just surrounding yourself maybe with people smarter than you for a while and see what you lack to be better and maybe compare yourself with people that just uh, applaud you and maybe motivate you to be better because they feel that you have the potential, which is a great thing, way to find friends actually, because that also happens when you're in your twenties and going all the way on, 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 on top forward in time, because it is then when you realize that you keep hanging out with people that just only talk about maybe smoking weed and playing video games and eating junk food, and maybe you just decided to develop uh, a need or an ambition or, or a goal. And I just, you made me, you made me remember uh, a scene from this movie, from this Guy Ritchie movie called The Gentleman. Uh, it, it, went, it, it got out last year. I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie's movies. And there's a part when the, one of the characters, 
like the concierge of the of the of the main character of the movie goes on a like on a rescue mission and he goes to an apartment of of heroin addicts to rescue this girl and he he made a a really nice speech because I, I I like the way how Guy Ritchie writes writes the scripts, especially all these speeches when he empowers the, the the characters to 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 encourage them to be like all they can be. And he said because the main character is like a, a marijuana dealer in in the UK, so his concierge sits down with all these smack addicts and say, I understand why you guys nowadays decide to go on the nasty way of, of, of life, consuming this shit, when in my time, and he, he becomes like, he's trying to be, be like the, the voice of advice and said, in my time, we used to just roll a blunt and sit down with our friends, talk about all, all, all our concerns and, and, and bad moods and support each other while we're just hitting a blunt. I don't care if you, if you smoke weed or not, but I, I, what I rescue of this part of, this, of the speech is how he just, to me, he told me, surround yourself with positive people who are aiming for a goal maybe similar to you or maybe superior than yours and keep pushing together. Maybe you have a millionaire friend and he likes you just because you're authentic. Go for it. He's not going to give you money, but he's going to give you big advice and his advice is going to be expensier than, uh, as far as he progresses. And he, if you follow his steps or maybe just imitate him or maybe just feel inspired by him, maybe you're going to go further than you think. And that's the same thing. I, I think I cannot do anything for a heavy drug user, but maybe if he decides to leave that habit and maybe learn a little bit of digital advertising, maybe a little bit of data protection, or maybe a little bit of entrepreneurship, and he finds my uh, recommendations useful, I'll be more than glad to say, hey, at least read this book, at least start drinking water every day. I don't know, something that helps him become a better person every day. It's not, it's not cold turkey. It's progressive it's it, it, it's a fight from every day until the day you die practically you know you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with it, and 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 i think that's kind of what you're saying i agree yeah. i think that if you if you surround yourself with five really really smart people you're gonna be the six smart people in that group Around, if you surround yourself with five millionaires, you're going to be the six millionaire in that group. It's kind of inevitable because the habits of yeah. other people, the, the people that you're close with, are contagious, good and bad. So if right. you surround yourself with a lot of people that do a lot of really bad drugs for your body, you're probably going to start doing them yourself. I mean, it, 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 or, or at, at best, you will find yourself battling the idea of doing that with with them so so yeah i agree you should i it, it's important to to surround yourself with the people that are similar to you in in, in terms of life goals in terms of a, a, a ambition in terms of like just overall worldview and at the same time also it's important to every once in a while go outside your your social circle right and and understand that there are different points of view, especially now, a days where the world is so polarized. I do think that, I do think that in the in the grand when things become very abstract, and as you were saying, we live in a, in big cities where like the sense of community is sort of lost. Uh, people can, uh, like we can get like very and and antithetical against each other we can become like a, a sort of enemies but if we focus on the little things on how are you doing today everybody wants to come back home 
hug their significant other, their children, their pet if they have a pet. Everybody wants to eat well. Everybody wants to have a good time. If you focus on the little things, I'm pretty sure that you find yourself, even with the most polar, like polar opposite person, you will find some things in common that you can work with in, in terms of each other. And that's, I think, the attitude to take. So I, I think, yes, you, you, if you want to be the best person that you can, you, sh you should surround yourself ideally with people that do better than you. And, and, the, and there's something people, and there's, I'm sorry, uh, and there's something people doesn't want to accept that that decision of becoming better, it's not because you just read the, the typical motivation book or whatever, and they forget to, to understand that that decision brings you a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of frustration that you're not, that you have to decide to face to understand that behind all that uh, effort, it's going to be a big reward and it's going to be a better you. That people don't come to understand that because they think they have become like very used to think that everything is on a pill. You can take a pill and then you're going to have a six pack. You're going to take a pill and then you're going to be stronger, faster, smarter. And it's not that. It's a it's a long term work once again. So I think that's something that people just need to understand. And it, and it's a mental effort too. You have to work your mind. And train your mind to understand, okay, the result wasn't as good as I wanted to. I hate it right now. Let's keep working tomorrow. And maybe the result's going to be better. But people don't, don't accept that. It's, once again, they don't accept the small doses of pain because they think it's going to last forever. And it's actually eventual. It's, it's ephemeral. Yeah, we, we do live in a society of instant gratification, which, which, right. it, which inevitably makes us think that short-term emotions are the most important thing that we can have and sometimes short-term emotions can be quite alluring i mean i i have fallen into the short-term emotion pathway multiple times in my life but at some point if you if you want to enjoy better deeper potential longer lasting positive emotional states in your life you do have to decide between your short-term emotions and your long-term goals. And you're right, like in terms of exercise, it, like let, let me give you a, a, a typical ex personal example of this. I, I hated running. Some, like I don't hate it anymore, but I used to hate running with a passion. And my closest friends are uh, runners. And a couple of years ago, and I wouldn't even run three miles like I hated it so bad uh, I thought like it was stupid it was super boring and I didn't want to hear about it and my friend like I met with a couple of friends a couple of years ago and and I felt like, like you know what like we're we're a little bit out of shape so let's do something together let's run a half marathon and they started laughing uh, because they know that I hate running they they thought there was no way that I was going to be able to run a half marathon so we all signed up into a half marathon six months from that date and i trained and i was able to do it but i hated it like i hate every moment of it all the way up until like the the, the i think it's like 12 miles uh, half marathon I, I can't even remember yeah and then and then I, I i ran these 12 miles with them and then i said okay let's do a full marathon and then they then they got a little bit scared but they said, okay, let's do it. And then we did, and we went to Athens and we ran the full marathon. But this took me like another, I think, six months of training. And 
something interesting happened there. This is like nine months in doing something that I hated to do every single, I think I did it like three times a week or four times a week. I can't remember. When it became like a, a full marathon, it was like a short run and a long run. So two times a week. And then I had to do a little bit of like just work in my legs so that I wouldn't get like runners. Right. Anyway, so... But, it, but, but 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 regarding your 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 example, your goal, you, you were very reasonable with the goal you wanted to. You wanted to run a half marathon, and you decided to do it in six months, not the next day. And that's something that a lot of people don't don't, don't understand. And that's the difference because you did it, and maybe you just uh, learned that running is enjoyable, and you just do it now for fun and maybe for health. But a lot of people think, okay, I just ran a block. I hate myself. Just like in comedies. I just remember a scene from Parkinson's in Recreation with when one character said, oh, I'm so tired. And he didn't even like jog like uh, a meter. So that's the difference. It's like, okay, I want to run a half marathon. Okay, let's see how hard it is. And you started working for it. And, and, and that's something that not everybody has it. People think, right, once again, instant gratification. Now I'm going to be a gold medalist. Even Muhammad Ali said it. He hated training. He, 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 he hated training. He hated, he hated everything about it. But he, when he was on the ring, the guy just knocked the hell out of everything. He, that's why he's still a legend. He's not even the, the biggest champ. He's just a legend. And that's, and that's the reason why. He knew how hard and how, how painful it is. But he still did it because he knew that the goal was even bigger than him. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Like Muhammad Ali is a great, like a, a great example of achieving greatness. Now, I think that my way smaller example, just, I just wanted to go to the point where at a, around mile 14 or something, I started yeah. feeling great. It's, it's something started happening. Like I started getting this runner's high that would yeah. really make my day. Like I would feel so happy. I, would, I loved everybody. It doesn't matter what would happen that day. I just like was in, in this amazing mood. And then I just kind of like became addicted to running. Now I run every week and, and, I, and, and, and it's so, like, it, I feel healthier. I feel happier. Like my mood is better because my, yeah. we're all monkeys. Like if you, if, we, if you really think <laughs> about it, like monkeys are supposed to move and we don't move enough. We're becoming sedentary because of our lifestyle and our body does not like that. I, do, I really do think that we like as a species, we're under performing in our in, in our like minimum requirement of movement and, and 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 that's why i think like people feel better when they just run long distances or then when on or when they do ex extraneous exercise because your body is it's just signaling you that, like oh this is how you should feel when you do the thing that your body was meant to do um i, I mean that's just a little example i think that there are other examples in probably your life and my life that short-term emotion dismissal has learned into a lot of long-term goals. I, I really love the things that I'm doing with my life right now. And, but that required a lot of sacrifice, right? Like it had to do through med school. There's so many times that I didn't go out. All my friends, even my friends from med school were going out. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay Friday night, Saturday night, I'm going to study. I'm going to study. I'm going to take the, a year off to study more so that I can come to the U.S., go to a top hospital. And then now I'm like, uh, like doing my dream job. 
Like I'm like oh, what? That's what a great I, thing to know. Right, like I like it took me like like eight years. Like I don't even know how many more. Like I don't think I like since age two, I I don't think I've ever not been like working in a sort of school or something. And and now I'm like really really loving it. And it took like so and and I'm still not where I want to be. Like I'm definitely not. But but you, but you feel you're on the right way. That which is I think is important. Yeah, I feel like I'm on the right path towards really achieving something that i didn't even knew was possible and and that took a lot of sacrifice sometimes like so, most of the time i knew what i was sacrificing for sometimes i wasn't 100% sure sometimes i wasn't 100% sure that i was going to achieve the thing that i thought i could achieve but i did know that if i didn't do the work i was definitely not going to get it and that's something that's something that once again a lot of people don't realize and they don't want to accept the fact that you have to hustle from the bottom to all the way up you want to go actually you made me re remember once again uh, a small documentary i i found on openculture.org about the, the 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 real cost of success or something like that i can't remember the name but it, it was talking about how great painters or or artists like van gogh or da vinci even were actually successful when they just started to get into a mature age. People know them about the, their great works and because it, it happened like hundreds of years ago, but a lot of people don't under, don't know or haven't realized that, for instance, the, the best works from Leonardo da Vinci were made when he was in his mid forties. Wow. The same, the same thing about the Van Gogh. Unfortunately, Van Gogh didn't had the chance to see how great his work was. Uh, uh, I, and, and I think the, one of the greatest homages I, I have ever seen about that was an episode of Doctor Who when the doctor met Van Gogh and took him to the, the, the future into an art gallery and, and let him and, and allowed him to, to listen to an art critic talk about Van Gogh's work. And he just started crying because he, he, he realized how good he was. And then he went back and it was before he committed suicide. It, 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 for, but for me, it's like a really nice homage for people who love art. However, the, the, the lesson this, this, this small documentary wants to give you is you have to put a lot of work, put a lot of effort in, in anything you want. And in the long term, the benefit is going to be greater than you realize because you just kept working. The same thing happened to Picasso, for instance. And I think we already... Uh, inside the the argument about the instant gratification people think success should be also like that i just decided to have a business tomorrow i'm going to be a millionaire and maybe being a millionaire is not the the goal maybe being a millionaire is the consequence mm -hmm. and people understand that as well because i come from i come from this school of entrepreneurship that i decided to learn about how to be, how to create businesses i'm not a millionaire right now but i understand that people keep looking for me because of the value I can I can give them. Right now, I'm I'm I'm, I'm working on a on, on a on a digital agency that, that's based on New York that has offices here in the United States. But I also work on uh, startup projects for our companies for our people. They, hey, I have a project and I need to use tech. I say, okay, what what do you need? And I fight with with the client. And I say, hey. You don't have to develop an app just because. Tell me your purpose. Tell me your reason why. And people start to look funny to me. And say, why do you want to become so existential? It's gonna, it's gonna make sense soon. And 
it has been given a lot of uh, great results, actually, because people stop thinking that the tool is the goal when the tool is the medium to a goal. And that's and when every time I say, hey, uh, I know about startups, I know about technology, people think, oh, you must be a millionaire. No, I'm just a guy that is enjoying the ride because I still can find a way to match my passion for technology with my passion for entrepreneurship and something in between. I think I have a little bit of mileage to, to, to go through so I can find that, that place, that common place when things are gonna make more sense. But I'm still enjoying the, 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 the ride because I'm learning so many things in, in, in the meantime that I think sometime my brain is just gonna go in the right way and my brain's gonna say, hey, this is the way, this is the tool, and this is the goal that you need right now. And that's what people don't understand. People think that you, you're just a cog in a big machine when actually you're just an organism that's still learning physically and subconsciously about a lot of things around you. And that's what makes you decide what's your purpose right now and what's gonna be your purpose tomorrow. And that's what people need to learn constantly because they get frustrated so fast. It's like, dude, enjoy the ride sometimes, hate it sometimes, and see if in balance, which is better or which is more, and take a decision, make a decision. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you clearly are an outstanding individual and and like i wish i wish more more people were like you you know i think that <laughs> i think that it's hard i mean I I, I I can i can be grumpy i can be grumpy as well so i'm not that good oh, guy but, I, yeah. I believe that you can i believe i i mean in terms of how you treat yourself and 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 your future self right like right now you, your future self is probably saying thank you I, because your future self is gonna have so so much uh, abundance of opportunities and uh, an abundance of, of let's say financial time wise. Uh, if if it works, I've learned that gratitude is healthy. Yeah, I can actually. This is not my best moment because we're living in a in a global crisis right now, right? Mm -hmm. But. I think you you don't know how grateful I am that I learned or I decided to go to study a, a, a career that right now is so necessary around the world that just made me realize, hey, I have a tool. Maybe I don't have the uh, big problem for myself other than survive, but maybe I help others. And my main job, my day job at the agency is really great. I love it because I get the chance to learn and to discuss a lot of things with people that don't understand it too good the things they need. And on the other side, these small companies that call, call to me and say, hey, how can I design something for my company with technology? Say, hey, it's like I'm an architect of technology for some, of some sorts on, on, on my night shift. And it's really cool because it is like, okay, what I can't use on my day job, I use it on my night shift. And it's like really cool because I'm just, burning the midnight oil to see what happens and 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 eventually something something great is going to happen and i have like small clients they say hey i'm so happy of the result i want to keep working with you and say great and i'm not rich because i have a lot of things to pay because i still have a small company that still needs some maintenance and i'm just paying bills for it but i'm happy i'm paying it with my effort and not with my my savings which 
which this year are practically null, but still, it's not like I had to sacrifice everything. I just said, hey, just, let's just keep working and see how far I can go. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, you, you sound like, I, I have no doubts that you will achieve exactly what you want to achieve. I think that for you, it's just really just a matter of time. Thanks, man. I hope so. I'm, I'm hopeful in that matter. I hope it happens. All right. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I think we should do another one sometime soon. Please just call me. Maybe we can just have a chat and see if the people liked our, 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 our conversation to see if we can make more chapters. But I, I, actually, I'm really happy to see that you're doing fine first and then happy to, see, to, to know that uh, I, was, I, I was worthy for an interview. So thank you. Thank you. Actually, I'm looking forward to listening to this. I don't know how long it's going to be this chapter, but let me know and I can share it to the world. Yeah, man. I think that we're around an hour and 40 so far. Oh, nice. It's not bad. Maybe <laughs> to chat a little bit. I, I, I normally just post them raw. So, um, I don't know. It depends on the attention span of the person listening. But I think this is a right. very nice conversation. And, and I think there were a lot of, like, uh, cool pearls that we dropped here. Like, there was a lot of wisdom dropped in this chapter. <laughs> I feel like the, I vibra the vibration of this episode is high. Nice. I hope it helps somebody as well, because sometimes people need just a little bit of light to keep working yeah, on. That. Actually, I'm really happy to have this conversation. It has been a really wholesome day for me. Besides that, I've been really busy in the day, but right now I just feel like more relaxed, more grateful that, okay, the effort is worth it anyway. So thank you, man. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. I'm more than happy to make a repetition. Maybe we can t talk about other subjects and keep talking, keep grinding this, 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 this subject about self-awareness and keep working on purpose, whatever, let's, I don't know. Let's 100% do it again. Let's do it. You just let do me it. know when and, and I'll, I'll be ready to rant, rant all, all, all night long. Awesome.